0: Zoom, I mean, so well, he's connected to audio, fantastic. What hey, sort of loser and,
1: takes 30 ladies minutes, ladies and gentlemen. After Zoom.
0: half an hour, Auckland's resident IT expert and all round <laughs> uh technical project manager, Corin Healy, has managed to join us.
2: Can you guys hear me okay?
0: Yes,
1: we Mate, we've, done your, we've, do, we've done your bio 32 times and we've run, we've run
2: out of air. <laughs> You've been slashing me the whole time, right? Just like, Bang. useless. <laughs>
1: we've, we've had more dead air than Marcus Lush. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: How long have you been going for? How long have you been going for? We've been saying oh, this since 6.30. <laughs> only, I, only reco- I,
1: re-
0: I only hit record five minutes ago because I just thought, actually, if, if my sense of comedy timing was any good, I'd have hit record about 20 minutes ago. To...
2: <laughs> I mean, it's quite a good way to do a podcast, eh, as well look, this week's guest is going to be later someone really famous and they're never on the podcast they're joining they're joining very soon they're coming soon coming soon
1: (laughs) how later it's like well thanks for listening to episode 45 we'll be back (laughs) with episode 46 when someone else famous won't be
2: here (laughs) hey thanks very much i'm so sorry i'm late this uh no worries i'm I'm an old broken laptop and the new new laptop that does work is uh on 25 percent of doing windows updates now and uh it's been there for a while. I'm worried about it too.
0: <laughs> oh, I would be as well. It should be on. Uh... Shouldn't be taking oh, that shit. long.
2: What you guys doing? What you been doing apart from waiting for me?
0: We've been I moaning. We... About... Darren's been <laughs> moaning about the comedy
2: scene mainly. He's been.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and if I had recorded, he would have been cancelled after this went out.
2: Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, mate. I tell you, it's a shocker. And um, is this uh video recording done, or is it just the audio that you guys get when you're? We only recording? use the
0: audio, so don't oh, worry about
2: right. the audio. Yeah. So you, it's all good that I'm naked. eh? you guys don't mind that I'm. Yeah,
0: naked? Yeah, no. Right? In fact, it adds okay. an extra little frisson, uh, for us. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, I
2: like it. Yeah. Mm. What are you yeah. uh
0: drinking? What are you drinking this evening, Corin?
2: Well, my body is a temple, so I've got the Stone lager. Ultra low carb with 88 calories.
0: Oh, fantastic.
2: It tastes like shit, to be honest with you, but yeah. It takes but does
0: drop. it make you feel like less full and gassy, though?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I do a Pilsner and then uh, feel quite gassy after like 25 of those. So yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, good. good. That's pretty yeah, good. good. Yeah, cool. I'm excited to be here. Um, I always find podcasts exciting because I'm like, is this the time? That I'm going to say some shit that's going to get me cancelled in 10 years' time. Like, I'm not going to say something on this podcast and someone's going to listen to it and go, fuck that guy. I can't believe he thinks mushrooms are terrible. He's gone. To be honest, I um... only have
1: a podcast to try and get (laughs) cancelled.
2: Someone's going to dig through the archive and be like, that motherfucker.
0: Well, we'll do it ourselves. self promotion, (laughs) right?
2: Self-cancellation. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, we'll okay. get. You, I mean,
0: we'll get you cancelled. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll be okay. We'll just like react carefully to everything you say.
2: You'd be like, I can't believe you said that. God, mm. who invited that guy? Nothing to do <laughs> that with us. guy.
1: That guy's a loose cannon. Fuck. I That's think actually, if, if we're thinking
0: him. about twenty-five years in the future, probably would get cancelled for saying that it's a nice. little bit weird and creepy to have one of those uh, real Uh-oh. live girlfriend robots.
2: Why? Why is it creepy though?
0: Well, it's not actually.
2: Um do you, I, do you guys want to have one?
0: Darren just uh, messaged me on Facebook earlier and said it was a bit creepy and weird.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, the perfect thing for getting around T, T2 lanes, right? You have them soon next to you and get stuck <laughs> yeah. in traffic, get stuck in traffic, to some entertainment, it's fine.
1: Yeah. I only said it was creepy because yours has got no head on it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's got no head. If it was mine, and bloody need Windows updates all the time. It's terrible. I'd be like, oh, sorry, it's not going to work now.
1: Just <laughs> buffering.
2: <laughs> buffering. I
1: told you it was weird to buy the St Valentine's blow up doll.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I didn't realise when I was pestering you guys to be on the podcast that it was just going to be about me and you guys to asking me questions and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we're seems... not interested in us. Probably, it probably. Me pestering to be on the podcast probably seems a bit like narcissistic now. Like, hey guys, no, no, come no, on, no. talk about me. Um
3: there's been <laughs> there's been that.
0: people we we've had people on before you who, to be honest, weren't worthy of being on before you. Oh I'm not gonna name them because some of them still listen. Do they listen but, as
3: well?
0: It's, it's a bit rough on Matt Poor bastard. <laughs> well, how <laughs> why did you immediately leap to the assumption that it was Matt
1: Coom I was talking about?
3: Because you're, you <laughs> could so could so you're
1: sat there with a picture of Mac Coombe on your phone on the camera. That's flashy. I've on my phone, unlike you. <laughs>
2: and um, <laughs> look, I—I I, was—I mean, I've been researching. I think mean, you're—I think you're going to be talking about current events and stuff. So I've been researching current events. I've been researching like all sorts, all sorts of things. Like I've been going from religion to like philosophy. Or, like these guys are going to really wow. punish me intellectually. I've been going for it. And then I got your. Your document which asked me some questions and some of them are quite personal by the way I feel like after this podcast you're going to guess my internet banking password um uh so I was quite concerned about that there's one question I won't answer which was what's your
0: mother's maiden name we left that one off
1: Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> to be honest mate with your IT skills it's pretty obvious you don't use internet banking so we might as well use it <laughs> that's very true yeah
2: i mean there's one question in particular i'm just looking at that you asked me it was like my first time i had sex i mean i'm not gonna answer that because you know i mean because you still scouts, haven't <laughs> well no boy scouts is all the blue really wasn't it so you know
3: <laughs> oh jeez
2: you guys been enjoying the weather i've gone to the weather straight away oh i'll there's tell you some... what
3: doing
0: diy in this weather is fantastic
2: yeah for weight yeah, loss sweetie.
0: yeah sweetie sweetie i reckon i've lost a kilo today you
2: lost a kilo
0: today. Wow. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I haven't weighed myself at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. It's a pure Absolutely. guess. Maybe it's even wishful thinking.
1: <laughs> it's wishful thinking. Yeah. I <laughs> reckon we should introduce this bloke so people know. So who... we probably
0: should, actually, because um, this should is all it.
1: going in the podcast. I'm not cutting any of this what? bit out.
2: What What no. have you guys been talking about the five minutes before I joined? What do you What do you What do you What were you saying? We were
0: literally were just talking about your uh, difficulties
1: getting on. <laughs> <laughs> you, will, you
3: will hear that.
1: Um... You weren't reading horoscopes or anything.
0: <laughs> oh no, no.
1: <laughs> no. We should have done. That. We were working out how we we're going to take over the New Zealand comedy scene and <laughs> yeah, cancel everybody we hated
2: and everything like that. Really. I got some names for you. If you, wanna, you
1: know. Yeah, go on.
0: Let's go for it
2: absolutely i'm not saying that
0: now Oh, <laughs> well, i tell you what the last one when i was editing it, the last episode when i was editing it i was like whoa hang on a minute because normally i'll edit them and i'll like be listening but i'll be doing yep. something else as well and then i was like hang on a minute what did they just say i have forgotten about that and i went back i was like right yeah. that's a seven minute chunk edited out entirely I would have been fine, I have to say, yeah. but our guests and Darren would
2: have all <laughs>
3: been serious trouble.
2: Um, um, has my name ever, ever come up? Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, ever
3: I
0: don't know if it has actually
2: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> In either a positive lo- or what a
1: negative I is, <laughs> What I love is, um, do you know what? With this podcast being all about me, it sounds a little bit narcissistic. By the way, does my name ever come up? <laughs>
2: Has <laughs> anyone talked about me?
1: Has anyone talked about me? If not, fuck them all! <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. What have these fuckers <laughs> been doing for 44 episodes?
2: I haven't been mentioned once. God. <laughs>
1: all right.
0: So I'm going to introduce you, Corin. Do it. Go on. Did you? Who wrote
1: the bio? Was it you? Uh,
2: no, it's off uh,
1: his uh, classic page. Oh, it wasn't cool.
2: me. no, no. Um, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Connor Dunbar. Dunbar. I said his name uh, wrong. He's going listen. If he listens to this, he'd be like you. He uh, does listen. <laughs> Connor, I don't know if listens.
3: I'm just assuming.
2: Everyone Connor listens. wrote it. He wrote it for me. Um, he was at one of my first gigs back in 2017. So he he actually wrote it. So he's I is better at copy than I am so it's quite good cool. I should just use you know what I should do, I should do another one with chat GPT or something right just like a <laughs> bit of, you know.
0: well actually my funny enough my my plan for the next episode is to interview um, Darren Lees and Matt Coombe about their tour yep. and um, I because I won't have a co-host for it I'll just have two oh. guests I was going to use chat GPT as my co-host
1: nice nice yes
0: yeah, so I haven't That's told Darren idea. that
1: yet it's surprise. I'm looking forward to this. You're being <laughs> replaced <laughs>
0: with AI. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: pretty fucking easy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Please carry on. Please carry on. So tonight, yes,
0: as we were saying earlier, now he's finally here, um, which is fantastic. Tonight, we're very excited to be joined by master of the Auckland comedy scene and well-known jack-of-all-trades, Corin Healy. So Corin grew up in a small town. He didn't know it was small until he visited the town over and saw that, to his amazement, they had two dairies, not one. Well, actually, did your town even have one? Maybe I'm just making assumptions there.
2: It made the ram raids really awkward, right? They'd be like, you're back again. Come on, man. You're taking the piss now.
0: <laughs> yeah, nightmare. <laughs> um, so Corin is a keen observer of things that aren't always there. He, What? Hang on a minute. He has a Kiwi bloke who would wear jandals to a wedding. Ah, I should have read it, finished I should have read it a couple of times before I decided to say it out loud. Darren, would Must you like you. to do the intro?
2: Just fucking much as I I can't wait this. Darren, Church, GBT, I, normally this is I
0: This is why I let Darren do the intros normally.
1: <laughs> Tonight's guest grew up in a small town and didn't know it was a small town until he visited the town over and saw to his amazement they had two dairies. A keen observer of things that aren't always there. He has a Kiwi bloke who you would wear jandals to a wedding kind of vibe. Just like him, his comedy is tall. Tall and often true observational anecdotes about living in this great country of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Just for the white people that get upset about Aotearoa and the batch of crazy stuff that happens in his everyday walk through life. Welcome to episode 45, Corin Healy. Yay, hey, hey.
2: welcome Corin. Thank you, thank you. Are we going to cut the rest of the shit we talked about before then, or is that going to be the intro?
0: Well, we oh, like no. the smooth starts, so um, we're going to leave
2: it in. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> hey, thank you very much again for having me, I do appreciate it. Yes, it's good to be here. It's really good to be here.
0: Good to have and, you. So where you. actually are you from, Corinne?
2: Um, I, I grew up in a town called Te Um, uh, which is in the Bay of Plenty, between uh, Tauranga and Rotorua. And uh, I grew up there in the mid-80s to the uh, late 90s. And then, um, yeah, I mean, before that, I lived in Australia for a while as a kid. Uh, I don't remember much about it, but I was there for about five years, and yeah. Um, yeah, I was born in Palmerston North as well. I'm jumping around quite a bit, but uh, yeah. So I grew up in rural New Zealand, and uh, my accent is uh, kind of skewed from my Australian sort of part of my life. But um, mm, mm.
1: Which part of Australia were you in?
2: Uh, Melbourne and Perth.
1: At the same time, or?
2: <laughs> yes, yes, I was twins. They actually joined me back together again. Um, <laughs> now, first, uh, I think it might have been six months old when I got moved to Melbourne,
0: oh, well, and then after
2: about that. a year or two, moved to uh, Perth. Uh, up in the there's a hills above Perth called Kalamunda and We lived up there for quite a while. Yeah, hmm.
1: was that because you had travelling family, or
2: becoming as gypsies?
1: You just went, or yeah. you just went by yourself?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was born. I was like, fuck this place. I'm out. I'm passport. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm on my way. <laughs> or was it some
1: sort of Madeleine McCann type thing where someone took you and they just kept moving, so not to I find you? Yeah.
2: The funny thing is, I don't look really look like my family, so it's quite possible. So I could have been <laughs> stolen. <stopped them. laughs> uh, now my parents decided to move around. They had their kind of miniature OE, I guess. They got married quite young and they were like, let's move these um, shit ass kids around the country, you know, go to Australia. Cool.
1: cool. And did in, you do schooling over there or did you do schooling yeah. in New Zealand?
2: uh started schooling over there so i learned to speak in australia and uh yeah started my schooling and it was, it was cool it was cool um came back to new zealand like with a aussie accent and a smart mouth which went down really well in like rural new zealand um mm. as, you, as you could imagine <laughs> so i ended up having like this aussie accent like a smart mouth and a broken nose quite a bit of the time. Um...
0: So, is um, is Tapuke? I haven't been there. Is it quite an upmarket
3: place?
1: Ah, uh. <laughs> never short of an avocado.
2: <laughs> so, um, when I tell somebody where I'm from, and if they know the area, they're like, Oh, where well, you want a kiwifruit fruit orchard? And I'll go, No, oh, it's fruit, isn't it? And I'll go, Oh, there's an avocado there as well. And I'll go, No, I wasn't on an orchard. And I'll go, Oh, <laughs> 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 there was some very wealthy people there and it also had some very other end of the scale people there as well. So, yeah. And after the, there was a crash in 1997, you guys probably heard about that, that, that is top market crash. Um, yeah. It was impacted pretty badly by that, And um, so it was kind of an area that was in a recessionary state for most of the early 90s, sort of, uh, probably up until the mid 90s. It was in a, quite a bad state financially, and um, yeah, yeah.
0: How's it? How's it fared in the recent uh, bad weather? And do you fam- do any of your family still live out there?
2: Uh, I've got a I've got a brother who lives in Papamoa, which is about a five-minute drive. Oh, yeah. When I grew up there, that part of Papamoa was all farmland, but now it's like fucking houses everywhere. It's crazy, right? Mm. Yeah, it's exploded, and um, it's, it's actually quite numb, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to yeah. yeah, I used to ride my dirt bike like all around the all around the paddocks and shit where people are actually living now. It's like, holy shit, there's actually people living here? This is crazy. And, yeah, it's just like wow. And then the roads used to be dirt roads, now are gravel like a uh, tar sealed and stuff, and it's like, damn. But none of them were impacted by the um, by the flooding of storms or anything like that. They they got off pretty well. So
1: you um, throughout your life, so when you were kind of going to school, you've obviously done a lot a bit of work in theatre and television and film production. Was that something you had an interest in at school, or did you just develop that in late light, in later sort of times?
2: Fuck, uh, where do I start? Uh, how long we got?
3: <laughs> <laughs> as long as you like. Oh, I'll, just cut an hour cut
2: less I'll cut the I'm boring bits. i Ten hour marathon of life. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, at school, uh, I didn't do any theatre or any, anything as such. Um, and then a, a fundraiser came up when I must have been in sixth form, which is, I must have been about 16, 17 at the time. And a fundraiser was, they needed some blokes and some girls to, um, do some catwalk work for the school to raise some money and shit. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And, um, somebody, someone was there in the audience and they approached me afterwards and they said, you should be doing that like full time. And I was like, she's just a dirty old lady, who cares? But anyway, um, turns out she was legit. And in Taronga, in Taronga, I ended up doing um, a lot of catwalk work and a bit of um, photographic work and stuff like that. And then wow. from there, from there, I ended up um, being asked to be in this thing. It's crazy. It was called the used to be called the Beauty Queen. or like there's like the Kiwi Fruit Queen needs to call it. It's like a beauty pageant for every time there's Kiwi Fruit season came around, which was in May. And my sister-in-law at the time, she said to me, "Hey, there's this beauty pageant coming up. I reckon it'd be awesome if you were like the first guy to go on it." And I'll give you some big day out tickets, which is like a concert ticket to go to it. If you do this thing. And I was like, yeah, okay, fuck it. I'll do that. Anyway, long story short, as, as part of that, being in this KiwiFruit Queen, I had to re- rename it to Kiwi Fred Ambassador or some bullshit. And um, there was a guy in it and they're like, oh my God, what do I do? Anyway, and, <laughs> and as part of that, I had to do this speech at the end, like for five minutes to 500 people. And as like, wow. to me, I was like, fucking maybe. And how old me. were you at this point? 17, 18, I guess. Wow. And um, I dropped a few gags in there. I mean, they were pretty clunky, to be quite frank. Probably a bit hack as well, but they got big laughs and shit. And then from after then, I thought always had in the back of my mind, I'd love to be talking and doing shit in front of audiences, like because it was a pretty cool feeling at the time. And then I did nothing with it for ages. And then um, I got into IT because of money, um, because the money was quite good in IT. Well, it still was pretty good in IT, not showing off. Um <laughs> <laughs>
0: the, the title of this episode is going to be Haney, Rich Man."
2: <laughs> Here's me sitting on my spa right now. Hey, you doing the <laughs> <laughs> so um, then it, uh so I got myself kind of established in IT, and I was kind of like, "This is going kind to of bullshit." I didn't, I never really enjoyed IT. I don't like it. I just do it for the money, to be quite frank. And um, so I kind of stuffed down on those feelings I wanting to do shit and must have been, maybe it was 2004, we four. We're living in London and my wife said to me, like a, my now wife said to me, why don't you try doing a course in acting, just to try it out? Because it seems like it's something you've always wanted to try and do that kind of shit. So I did this course over there, didn't do did nothing with it, came back to New Zealand, we're living in Wellington, and I ended up doing this like Amdram bit, it was non-speaking part in Amdram, so I'm like, a, I'm like the bottom of the bottom. Like this extra on a fucking stage production on a fucking Amdram show, right? So this is. <laughs> and and um, they had like thespians there, like, you know, proper thespians who were all like, kind of like pompous and shit like that. Like, you know, oh, you know, blah, 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 and whatever. And I was like, this non speaking lowly asshole just like doing this piece. And I was like, fuck me. This is what it's all about. Because like, I'm not enjoying this. And then I had to to show up to rehearsals and be there from end to end. And I had like one part where I walked on stage and fucked off again, right? So I was like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) there's no small parts. Only small actors, by the way. Anyway, um, (laughs) um, I saw this thing advertised and this is kind of when Facebook was just starting out. So it wasn't really Facebook Later, It was on a a webpage somewhere. And they're after improvisers. Someone's joined an improv group to do an improv show as something called One Act Plays in Wellington. And I was like maybe I'll try that out and I did it and I was like I actually had a speaking part and we did about maybe nine or ten weeks with rehearsals of these like maybe five six games that lasted for about half an hour or so and uh, I absolutely loved it and my wife came and saw it and she was like you know what you should do stand-up comedy and that and this is back again but by now we're talking maybe 2005 six no, it was six actually 2006 and I was like ah oh, no 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 it'll be all right then uh, after that I started acting and getting like parts on commercials and I got a I got a bit part on um, sensing murder and shit like that and um, a few other bits and pieces cool. and shifted to Warp I uh, actually had a extra part in Avatar, which was um that was alright, I was a space pilot. Got killed.
3: Oh
2: wow. As you can imagine I got killed. Um my mum thinks she saw me like twenty five times in the whole thing and it's like, No, you didn't see me twenty five times. <laughs> 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 once Saw me once. And then um I did a did some courses down there. Um the best one I did was with Miranda Harcourt. Um, she's pretty pragmatic and does a lot of acting coaching now as well. So she's pretty fantastic. So oh. I was lucky enough to get in with her and did a, quite a few courses in that with her. And she was still running Toy Picardia at the time. And I mistakenly did a Meisner course, which is absolute bullshit, by the way. Don't do Meisner. If there's any Meisner listings and people are like getting upset, then get fucked. Meisner's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I'm making a note here. <laughs> you basically you have to go to this like two or three hour class right doing Meisner, and you have to look at someone in the eye and go your shirt's red and they'll go my shirt's red and you'll go my shirt's red and you just fucking bounce back and forward and someone oh. ends up crying someone ends up crying and then when they cry like the, the fucking tutors are like oh that's amazing you cried what a breakthrough and i'm just like i had to sit there from when i wasn't doing it i'm sitting there for like a two hours going what a waste of my time yeah Doing, doing improv is way better from being in the... Because it's all about being in the moment and being connected to the your counterpart. and Improv is way better for that shit than fucking Meisner. Um, so I was just like, this is... <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: going to say, I'm sure that your shirt is red thing. I'm sure we we had to do that in improv, Darren.
1: I'm not sure we did. I don't recall it. It's either that or I, or I just absolutely Block just it like... Fucking blocked it out. Well, I do remember. Th- I'm,
0: I'm. We had to do something like that. And I do remember thinking, i'm "Not sure about this but
2: Yes. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, um, uh, I shipped it to Auckland. My wife and I shipped to Auckland. We got a job transfer up here, and it was supposed to be a temporary move. And um, what have I been mean, 2008, seven, eight now. And um, I was picking up more acting work, like bits and pieces here and there. And I did, I did an acting course and Darren's. Asked me about it. We're not going to say the name of it, but it was bullshit as well. And then, um. <laughs> The good one i did was again with Miranda harcourt she came up to auckland and did it and then there's a lady called terry Diath and she was doing a really good acting course uh she's dead now Um uh, you can't do that course sorry um oh, <laughs> she's there's many on american accents and so forth but she has a really good acting coach as well and at the time she was like eight years old and it was honestly it was a fantastic course and it learned a lot probably the most from that one and um ended up <clears throat> doing quite a few bits and pieces like i got i got a speaking role on shorty like everyone does but um i was pretty happy with that and got on a few other like short films and actually got on um low budget like features and shit where i was like a quite a like a media character and that kind of thing which is quite quite cool and then um i kind of took a break from it because i had kids and you know when you have kids you're just like oh fuck everything gets hard so i had young kids and we sort of took a break in that and i know i think I, st- I wrote my first comedy set. might have been 2012. i actually wrote some like some gags to do stand-up and then i did nothing <clears throat> i left it in the drawer kind of thing right and then um a mate of mine said hey we should do this thing it was called i could be it was called it's like a 10-minute show it doesn't matter what it's called anyway anyway we we wrote it and i thought to myself it's supposed to be like a comedy thing and uh wrote it and i thought to myself well maybe to give myself a kickstart doing theater which i haven't done in like fucking ages and when i did it was like bullshit. why not try some stand-up so i signed up It was 2017 august 2017 i sent i oh, no sorry july 2017 i sent i sent scott an email because i found scott the classic online i was just i don't know i had no idea what the classic was or anything like that because you know pff, whatever um no offense to the classic by the way. And I sent the guy an email and he comes back to me going, Yep, here you go in August. Here's a date for you. And I was like, fuck. Okay. So I put on LinkedIn. I had to hold myself accountable because I thought I'd keep on pushing it back. So I put on LinkedIn and I did it. I did it. And um fucking loved it. it was so awesome, right? I was just like, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was like a rush and I couldn't get to sleep. I was up up until like maybe three o'clock in the morning afterwards. Um, from the rush. Because actually the jokes landed. it wasn't a killer set by any stretch, but my first set, I was pretty happy with it, and I was like, Damn, that was that felt pretty good. And I didn't do another set until I finished that, um, that play with my mate, and then, um, sort of just started getting more into comedy. So then, while I do love acting, I think comedy has become my main thing that I do, like that I quite enjoy, and shit like that. Um, and I actually, think comedy has made me a better actor as well, mm. is my thought. Um, actually, I did a TV commercial. Uh, end of last year, I think it was actually, and there was a guy there, similar age to me, and he was looking really nervous. And I was like, "Why are you nervous?" And he's like, "Oh, I've got to say this line and stuff with all this cast and crew around, like all the crew around, you know, like looking at me." And I was like, "Mate, that's not about them; it's about us. They're they're just recording what we're doing. Like you don't have to worry about them." And he's like, "Holy shit! Okay." <laughs> and then he came to life, and I was like, "There we go." <laughs> there we go, yeah. and um, I think um, yeah, doing comedy has kind of maybe given me more range and a bit more, uh, let's say confidence. But I can get, I'm happy to get silly and stuff in terms of acting and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, that was a really fucking long answer. Sorry, guys. I no, that's
0: great. That's wiped out quite a few of our upcoming questions, which is awesome. It's yes, because I read the motherfuckers. That's right hold <laughs> well on most people don't so that's good <laughs> but just to show that we do listen to your answers um we're gonna Darren was on his phone
2: I saw him on his phone he was like this I saw it I wanted to say his name to get his attention but I decided not to because
0: he's looking at the upcoming questions
2: he was talking to his lawn guy at the window Darren's got a lawn guy by the way that's how richie he is he's got a lawn guy
0: oh it's so funny you know um one my uh my former my former sister-in-law um moved from luxembourg to the uk a few years ago mm. and was staying with myself and my then partner in in london right yep. and uh we were set out in the back garden of our of our house and um they were just staying there for a couple of weeks while they looked for somewhere to live and like those kids these kids who'd been like educated in some private school in luxembourg mm. were going to be going to a school in walthamstow in in east london and uh potentially and uh one of the one of the kids turned to me and was like oh you know um i really miss our lorny and i was like who's lorny and she was like oh lorny's the man who used to look after the garden (laughs) and i was like when you start at school just make sure you tell people about lorny because that'll help you bond with your new schoolmates."
2: (laughs) (laughs) tell them about your amazing lifestyle you just did (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> little did she realize. Little did she realize that Lorney was her dad as
3: well. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was. A,
2: I think he was a Portuguese service worker. <laughs> Luxembourg, that's interesting. I've never been there. Um, You're not missing much.
0: Although, what I will say, the thing that so you know you don't really know about countries until you go, right? The thing yeah. no one tells you about Luxembourg is that actually there's some amazing architecture in like the suburban houses. There's some real like Ooh. Adams family designs yep. and things like that, like really these like posh townhouses that are really tall, probably over a hundred years old, with really ornate kind of trimmings around the kind of yep. uh, roofs and windows and things like that. That's the only thing of, of note oh, that I picked up from Luxembourg.
2: What would be the? I, I, I'm sorry, I'm asking you the questions now. Apologies. Um, like what would be the cultural influence here? Would it be French or German or Spanish? Well,
0: um, yes. Yes, it would, be, but you've got all of those. Welcome didn't even to the answer
1: podcast, question. Of, Welcome to he the podcast, where we talk about housing typologies from around the world. <laughs> is that the right word, typologies?
3: Yes. <laughs> is that
1: really? That is pretty good.
0: <laughs> I mean, your partner's a, a – your wife's a um, housing expert, isn't she, Darren? So...
1: And I work in construction. So we expect are. you to know. Oh, That's yes. right. So, Corinne Anyway, um,
0: <laughs>
1: we digress. We digress around global influences, and um, so you—you you kind of, do you have anyone in your family that performs, or were you the first no. person in your family to be a performer?
2: My first person. I'm the first person. Yeah. 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 Um I I talked to my parents about it um at the end of high school about being keen to be involved in, um, theater and, you know, trying it out and stuff like that. And, um, I don't even know if I could say this, maybe you guys should edit it out, but my parents were, you know, from the country and, you know, a lot of assumptions are made about people in theater in the country. And like, <laughs> I can't like...
0: imagine how this is going to end. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 Maybe I should leave it there. But you can just assume what they said. They weren't keen. They were enthused. They were keen. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, so they were very firm about it too because they'd come from a very conservative Christian background and shit like that. Mm. So they were yeah. like, "Fuck oh, no, 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 So, So, yeah, it took me a while to actually get past, like, their, you know, not influence, but your parents saying it kind of shit to you, I guess.
0: Yeah, But now, like all mums, your mum's like, oh, I saw you 25 times in Avatar.
3: You're amazing. <laughs> you should, I yeah. knew you should
2: be an actor. I and knew that you the, were...
3: Telling all her friends.
2: friends. I knew you are one of those thespians all along.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I could always tell.
0: The way you used to put those light bulbs around your mirror. <laughs> the fact that you even had a mirror on your dressing table. <laughs> the, fact you your dressing table. <laughs> the fact that you even had a dressing table.
2: Used to spend all their time in the bathroom. <laughs> no, man, that's because I was masturbating. Um,
1: <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> I think that was the dead giveaway, right? When he was at school, he'd open his desk to get his books out. There'd be a lit up mirror underneath. Oh, <laughs> that's right.
2: Yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know what what I'm gutted about is that, I mean, we're all, I'm pretty sure we're all pretty much the same age, right? We all grew up in the 80s, like 70s, 80s. We were, kids we're all stuff. Gen Xers. Gen X's, yeah, yeah, well Gen is...
0: Darren's Darren's a bit older than us, but
2: he's on the uh, he's on the fringe of Gen X, surely. He must he's be almost a
1: boomer. Get no. the fuck out of here. I'm six years <laughs> inside Gen X. You could go fuck yourself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the lower side of Gen X. I'm close to millennials, but I don't identify the millennial by any chance. But uh, any stretch at all. <laughs>
3: no, I'm mid, I'm mid Gen X. So you're
2: mid Gen X. Oh nice. Um, um I mean, but I Gen I the one thing I'm like rips my panties sometimes is when I think about all the all the opportunities that these younger generations have got now to make money from the internet, right? You got like Mm. fucking only fans and shit like that. I mean, if I was a teenager, I'd have just like been selling my fucking photos and my feet on fucking only fans to make money. That's what I would have done.
0: Probably selling my bath (laughs) water.
2: Yeah, sell your (laughs) bathwater. There's all these ways to make money now and I just would have done that. I wouldn't have told my parents of course. Because that'll be suspicious. But...
1: Well, you don't need to nowadays, do you? The parents have got no way of finding out. You've got
0: internet yeah, on your phone and
1: your fridge well To and... be fair, though, parents now are into social media and shit now. Whereas back in our day, that's yeah. true. they weren't even into our music taste, never mind anything else. Whereas now, there's mm, like 60, so 70, 80-year-olds all on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. So,
0: Yeah, my mum's on Instagram and she's like in her 70s. Yeah. Is she? yeah, she's an influencer. Is she really? She does like unboxing of um tenor lady um incontinence pads and <laughs> <laughs> Good
2: you know my mind went my mind went straight somewhere else. And I, I yeah. apologize up front. i wanted to say like something about Seggy
0: Oh no, she's I'm got an on, on. she's got an OnlyFans as well.
2: Um, Only COVID. <laughs> Which I understand
0: you have a welcome. Was that? I understand you've got an OnlyFans as well. Is
2: that right? Uh, I'm toying with the idea, and I want to call it uh, "Middle-Aged Man Chopping Wood," and um, it'd just be like a video of like me actually, literally chopping firewood with an axe, um, just to catfish people. So I think it's going to be something else. And they're like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> I put my credit card in, and this guy is just like literally wasting my time. And I do some shit yeah. like that, just to just to waste people's time. <laughs>
0: Could uh you could uh, you team up with friend of the podcast Ian Ireland with his axe throwing.
2: <laughs> <'Cause> axe throwing. <laughs>
1: to be fair, when you said you were gonna stand on video chopping wood, I'm glad you pointed out it was firewood and not something else.
2: Not something else, yeah. Nah. I mean I mean I could collaborate with the end like of the axe throwing, but I'd be worried about my ex wound, I guess. Um
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> this is your cancellation moment <laughs> that's
1: right welcome to episode 45 corin gets cancelled
2: <laughs> i actually i've shown up to the x rowing a few times and, um first time i don't know if you guys tried it but the first time we yes, did a so. whole
0: episode on it we did Didn't a whole you? episode yeah
2: yeah and we battled each other <clears throat> did you speak to ian for a whole episode
0: we spoke oh. to ian for a whole
1: two episodes
2: <laughs> he's been on <laughs> like two episodes and it's been, I'm on number 44, and he's been on two episodes.
1: No, no, you're on 45. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't come hey, across you know the what? top of the yep. You know what? He showed up on time both times as well.
0: Yeah, he did. <laughs> Didn't have any technical problems either. No, no
1: technical issues or anything. That's probably because we made sure that he had to see us in person. That's the only way we're Oh, started. that's right, yeah. In it would have been
0: our fault if it had been. No, a that's man. Right.
2: He's a highly punctual man. I tell you. Yes, that's true. That's right. Well. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, we
0: could. We couldn't, couldn't surprise me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't find <laughs> another one, so that we had to. We had someone that would represent New Zealand first. We're like, fuck. Who's going to represent New Zealand first? Ah, we know.
2: So Is New Zealand's first supporter. That does make a lot of sense, actually. Yes, it does.
1: Yes, <laughs> we had we had an actual act candidate on. We had a Joel Vin- Joel Vincent, who was a green supporter. Ian, that's a um, New Zealand First supporter, and Matt, who's a Labour supporter. And you, Um, who's a
0: national supporter.
1: I am indeed, yes. Mm -hmm. Although Mm -hmm. I'm not owning up to that at the moment. We'll wait till after October.
2: Although, you know what's funny about New Zealand politics, and even even on, you might have watched old episodes here, Seven Days and stuff like that. um, Yeah. Yeah. When Labour was in opposition, people would make fun of Labour. Like ah, you know, fucking labor in New Zealanders. I don't know. I feel like New Zealand, by large, you guys probably have seen this already, is very centrist and tends to swing one to the other. You know, we get sick of that one, going to go fucking vote that way now. And I, I've, to be quite frank, I've I've voted both National Land and Labor in the past, because um, at the time you think that seems to be the best person for the job. So why not? You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna take that and have a gamb i'm gonna take a bet here right matt i don't reckon you've ever voted for a right-wing party ever as in like centrist right like the tories or national or yeah i
0: know what you mean by a central right no I, when i by... said
1: right wing I, d- I didn't mean like neo-nazis that's what i was trying to well i should
0: on. hope you haven't either Darren. to be honest <laughs>
2: Uh, Maybe a colin, uh, no. i'm getting a colin craig vibe though um <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah no i've um i've never been tempted i have voted for other parties in the past mm-hmm. but then i've lived in other countries so oh
2: uh, yes. yeah i my first vote when i was 18 i voted for greens right my very, very, very first ever vote and then i was out of the country for another couple of excellent and then i did vote for national and then I voted for Labor, and yeah, maybe maybe I'm just fucking flaky, to be honest with you. I just feel... <laughs> no, I
0: think you're, I think you're right. Uh, it does feel to me that New Zealand has a higher proportion of swing voters than, say, the UK. It,
2: it feels sense. to me like
0: politics in the UK are a lot more tribal.
2: Mm, mm. And I get concerned sometimes in New Zealand, but you see some tribal shit happening online, like people trying to do that, and that's why I left Twitter, because I get people on Twitter who are extremely one direction or the other, and... um. Just started wearing me down. I actually had a really good Twitter feed until I started following New Zealand comedians, and it was like
4: this is depressing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this is really depressing. Now, so I left.
1: <laughs> I always said that when I actually quit comedy, I'm going to quit every comedy group that I'm in as well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> i was going to completely mic drop and get the fuck out of everything.
2: I'm out of this. Yeah, um...
0: you'll be you'll be blocked from those groups anyway, Darren.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I'm seeing it come in New Zealand a bit more and I think I think from the the I think the pandemic has probably fueled those flames quite a bit but I think after it's sort of calming down a bit now that people are sort of coming back to normal a bit more um is what I'm seeing oh, um there's some crazy
1: conspiracy shit out there though like. Yeah, that's true there's some yeah. weird like fucking everything is a conspiracy now. it's everything.
2: massively that's growing so massively yeah. oh that is yeah that's crazy all that q and on bullshit and stuff like that I'm like...
1: <laughs> no but so i read somewhere the other day that someone thought that the weather events were man-made <clears throat> like that clouds are actually being put into the sky to make people think that the weather's I was reading this shit, and I'm like, "This is crazy." I was reading this shit, and I'm like, "Look, the whole vaccine shit. I can understand why people would be a little bit, a little bit, kind of like, you know, what's in the vaccine? It was released all quick and rah rah rah. You can understand that, but people thinking (laughs) that the clouds and the sky is manufactured, I was like, "Fuck, I'm out at this point." I'm like, "I'm out." There's loads of
0: people who think bird in America who think birds aren't real. Really. Yeah, it's quite a common thing. Don't Google it. Well, turn on your safe browsing first so it doesn't fuck up your algorithms. And then Google, um, are birds real?
2: Are birds real? Mm. No shit. Yeah. It's hey, speaking about birds, Spe- Oh, speaking about birds, what do you do if a bird shits in your car?
1: I don't know. What do you never, do if a bird shits in your car? T-
2: never take her out on another <laughs> car. You never take her out again. <laughs> Uh, oh, Darren, that one again. <laughs> it's, an old, it's, it's an old one, that one.
3: How many times <laughs> can you get
0: cancelled in this episode? <laughs>
2: well, that wouldn't be a bad
1: segue, actually, into you writing a book of dad jokes, funnily enough. Yes. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: Colin, so, I
3: understand you've written a book of
2: dad jokes. Oh. <laughs> uh, where do I start with it? Um, Yeah, how did it come about? So, long story. Uh, My friend, Heather Dawson, had, during lockdown, been on a... It was a Warner Brothers series, and it was about lockdown, doing lockdown challenges and that kind of thing, him and his family, right? And um, their producers of that show had said to him, do you want to do this dad joke thing? And he was like, yeah, okay, I'm keen. And then... They were like I actually know you've already been in this other thing recently, so it'd look a bit weird that you're doing something else as well. So he reached out to me and he's like, "Hey man, do you want to do, do this show?" Ooh. And he's like, "Here's his email to talk to them." So I talked to them and I had to do this fucking, I did this dad joke show and I they had to, I used to write like a hundred dad jokes for it just so I had a, like a depth of fucking dad jokes. I don't know. And um, it was called Last Dad Standing. It was right after lockdown. Right after lockdown.
1: I, yeah, I remember watching that
2: and um yeah and um they kind of they pitched me as like a fucking country farmer bumpkin kind of guy so i (laughs) kind of had this like weird low energy and shit it was awful and um i think my first joke was okay it wasn't wasn't great it wasn't my obviously didn't put everything into it and then i didn't realize because they told us before like everyone has been so serious in this show last week so make sure that you like have a good time so this other dude who's never done comedy before any other shit like that he tells a joke and i give like a little bit of a smirk and they're like oh you're out and (laughs) And then um after that a mutual friend of mine and headers um reached out to both of us and saying hey by the way i want to do this thing for charity and pull a dad joke book together do you think you can pull a hundred a couple hundred together each and he'll like, you know, pat it out with well, some other bullshit he's got as public domain. Um, so I think we both read wrote about three hundred dad jokes to contribute. Wow. And he might have Googled some of those public domain ones up maybe two hundred with and so we had like eight hundred dad jokes. And he like quite literally just published his book and all these fucking dad jokes. He did he took care of everything, like the 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 um the the cartoons and stuff like that. And then um he did that, and strangely enough, we were, we we're selling it for like 10 bucks, and all that money is getting donated to like a kid's charity. But now Dimex is selling it online for like 54 bucks or something. And it's like, "Wow, <laughs> the jokes aren't that good.
0: No, I'm not going to be paying 54 bucks for it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can just give you a copy. <laughs> it was crazy. It's like, what the hell is Dimex doing? It was crazy. But um. Like, I don't know, but you guys, when you get into the zone about writing, there's something very specific, like a dad joke. You kind of get in the zone and you can just go bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. And um, that was pretty much it. I think one joke I made up, like "Well, Fast, was a friend of mine stays up watching birds all night. He's an alcoholic. Um, that was what I, you know, that, that I made. You weren't laughing at that. That's okay. But that's that's a, that's an example of a dad joke, right? Then all this, I did one, <laughs> what do you, what do you call a cow that does yoga? Know. a liar, because you know cows don't do yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Darren's expression is exactly what people will be doing when they're reading that book, right? it's just like, <laughs> 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 so it was like,
3: yeah,
2: it was like a yeah, eight hundred and one of like those kind of jokes and shit like that. And it was it was fun to write. It was really quick. Like we just shoved them into a spreadsheet. Like bang, here you go. And probably, he like he categorised them. And he did all this all this really cool shit. And I was like, oh, wow. This, the guy's name is Anthony and um oh sorry, Andy, sorry. And um yeah, we were just like, shit, sure. There you go. Cool. Right. Was really, probably, you, right? got, you got any plans
1: for a second book?
2: <laughs> More dad <damn> jokes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the second book of eight hundred and one dad jokes.
2: Dad jokes, that's right. <laughs>
0: just rub it, actually.
2: Just... I've been thinking about and I've been, I've started tapping out a novella. Uh, it's a science fiction book oh. um, with no, no comedy at all. It's very dry because I'm, I'm actually a bit of a science fiction fan. Me too. I to read, yeah. Isaac Asimov, um, mm. Arthur C. Clarke, one of some of my favourites. So I quite enjoyed reading them. Um, and, yeah, I just started writing this, this thing that uh, I think I've got to about 15,000 words now. But no. I kind of get I get an inspiration off and on for it, and um, my wife's a pretty good critic, and she's had a read so far, and she's okay. Like, she, that's not bad. You know, I didn't hate it, so no, no, that's okay. <laughs> did not you <laughs> host a science fiction
1: podcast at one point? I did before no.
0: this. So I used to do a podcast speaking to talking to Kiwi science fiction writers. You yeah.
2: fucking nerd, nerd, Jesus Christ!
1: Know,
0: science fiction and fantasy writers, yeah, from New Zealand. Did you really? I think we did about thirty-nine episodes of that.
2: Yep. Then you ran out of Kiwi authors.
0: Then uh, got bored.
2: (laughs) You (laughs) can't.
0: Got bored of it. I was like, no, I need to do comedy now. No, no, fair
2: enough. Yeah, fair enough.
0: But um, Um, no, definitely. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do a when you publish your book, we'll do a special episode. I will bring that podcast back with my two co-hosts, and uh, we'll do a special episode with you. Just don't.
2: You know what? I might just use a uh, Chat GPT to write the rest of it now. Well, funny <laughs> you should
0: say that, but there's definitely—I um, do do some sci-fi writing, and I did use—I yeah. did just test Chat GPT a couple of weeks ago to write an outline. Yeah, it did a fucking great outline. Does right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you still need to. I mean, you can then you can then expand the outline into a story, but it's—they're always shit. Like, no. you can see YouTube videos where people have got. Got, got it to do it, and they're like, Oh, this is amazing, and it's not, they're awful. Yeah. They're awful. But for, for an outline, it's perfect, and that's Isn't quite a right? boring bit of writing, mm. just doing the yes. outline. So get it to do your outline for you.
2: No, nice, that's all good. Um, I've written a short film as well, there's mm. um, complete, it's probably about 15 minutes long. Um, I actually wrote it back in 2012 and it's just been sitting on the shelf. And, um, yeah, I've never done anything with it. Um, and I wrote it from a perspective of how, because, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you guys have worked with people who are like students and first-time writers and directors and shit like that. They always have these really fantastic ideas about how how a short film could be. And like, and the UFO came down from Mars and it's like, <laughs> how are you going to film that, you idiot? So I, I wrote this from a perspective of how could this be really easily shot with, you know, some dialogue and blah, blah, and that kind of thing. So I wrote it from that perspective of easy to shoot and as minimal characters as possible. Because the more characters you get in a short film, fuck, people people suck, eh? Hey? They're just so unreliable. They're late. They don't show up, as you know from this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like minimal characters and you know driving a very basic storyline as well. So that's been sitting on the shelf. And I got to do something with it because I want to I actually wanna produce something, like actually make... A short film that will i don't know i can show my kids one day or something i don't know
1: could you do could you take a short version of it and do the 48 hour film challenge with with it
2: maybe maybe it's a good idea just just thinking about that
0: darren being a a veteran he doesn't like to talk about it but a veteran of the 48 hour film challenge
1: i've actually i've actually been i've actually entered the 48 hour film challenge i'll have you know have you yeah no right. saying- there was three of us did something so I knew, about
3: I knew about you. Is this the
0: same thing that i know about it could be you've done it since you are to have you done it again have you done it more than once
1: no just once i've been asked a couple of times to do it a second and third time but i've never yep. i've never no. done it i've always um since 2012 i've been waiting for corin to release this so i could do that
0: <laughs> well, Colin, you, know, if you want to save uh talking of ai there's a, a new app coming out called Runway, mm-hmm. which is AI for is AI art for digital um, for films. Oh, so cool! So you can basically just animate your so you can film the basic footage. Yep. And you can add stuff to it really easily.
3: Wow, that's pretty cool. It's
0: worth checking out. It's not been launched yet, but it's coming out very very soon. Nice. But I oh, thought if
1: you did the 48 hour thing, then and you did say, I can't remember how long the 48 hour film has to be now. It's only about 48 hours, three minutes. The name is
0: in the, the clues in the name, it's no,
1: it's, very
3: cool.
1: <laughs> it's only about two or three minutes or something crazy like that. But yeah, at least it gives you a flavor if you did two or three minutes of it and went, Actually, this has got serious legs. You know True. what I mean? So, I enjoyed
2: this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Uh,
1: That's my contribution for this episode. I'm off now. Thanks
2: for that, Darren. Moving on. Yeah. Um, See you later, guys. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's. I think I. For me, writing writing comedy, and like writing that script, and you know, I've written a few different articles here and there. I kind of like the idea. I like the I like comedy performance because I feel like it's cathartic when people laugh. It kind of Mm. like a release, and the obviously the dopamine hits, but it's like this. It's a very, very nice when you had a fucked up month or a week or something, and you do a gig and it goes really well. And I was like, oh fuck, that was great. You know, not not from an ego perspective, just from a yeah. You know, it's like it's like being on a mountain bike and landing and like a really big jump, and it's like that feeling right after you hit the ground successfully without falling off, and that endorphin rush is so good. Um, and that's what I like about performing comedy, right? But um, I also like writing, like fucking anything really. I like producing and writing stuff. Um, that's part of yeah. So I'd be keen to have a look at 48 hours. Yeah, that'd cool. be good. We could do a porno.
1: Yeah. Well, minute, to be honest, to Matt, Matt generally does three minute pornos. Most I was gonna say, that... I, I
0: could fit at least three you could fit at least three performances into a three-minute porno, <laughs> couldn't you?
1: Somebody Sorry? thought it was somebody thought it was a trailer, but it was the actual whole thing.
2: Kind <laughs> a shaky hand for handheld phone or
1: something. <laughs> Strap straps your forehead.
0: <laughs> But you've got the camera turned facing the wrong way. Is, this is this my face facing the wrong this way? Is this is your
1: face. <laughs> this forehead. Is this like three minutes of cum face? Yes,
0: for the benefit of um of the listeners who've only only got audio, we're all doing cum faces right now.
1: <laughs> I reckon there should be a social media channel for that called or a social media platform for that called Cum Facebook. So, um, Corin, give that us some mind, background on your show.
0: <laughs> How has the show been going?
4: <laughs>
2: I don't thought that little Matt was like just trying to guide it, guide it back to where <laughs> it should be.
0: <laughs> that was quite smoothly <laughs> done. I thought that was a, that was a
3: segue. <laughs>
1: Oh, I've lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's fucked
0: it's not. None of it's been edited, I'm just putting it out as it is. I can't be
1: Or I oh, could just do it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just gonna bring it out as live. Oh dear. Ask oh. him again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Can okay, you please repeat the question?
1: <laughs> <laughs> would you would you actually sign up to a social media channel called Come Facebook? I
3: think yeah. I would. Actually,
2: okay.
0: yeah, I would. Now you ask. Anyway, cool. so Corin, give us some background on your show Adultish.
2: <clears throat> Thank you for asking. I wasn't expecting that question, actually. Um, I'm so surprised. <laughs> 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 Um, so my 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 show adultish is um it's kind of like all the material i've done over the last five or six years has been about either shit that i've just found funny and just written the gag for it or it's been about a a story from work or some shit that's happened to me or something i've seen and stuff like that so i've been able to kind of piece on my like Material together into kind of like a not quite a journey but like a almost almost cohesive sort of storyline of gags and I switch between topics and stuff like that. So I've I've sort of put them all together by topics and stuff like that. And it's it's I've done it once so far in the Auckland Fringe, and you know it was good. I was actually feeling sick as fuck at the time, so my energy was a bit off with it. But um. I enjoyed it, and I'll, I'll probably tweak it a bit. Enjoy, yeah, it was good. It was good. So this, it's, it's called adult So, like, the premise is really, here's a dude. Yeah, okay, he's a middle-aged white guy. And like, he, he gets it. And, you know, he's had to adjust from living in the country where it was quite a loose lifestyle, even though it's conservative Christian parents and shit like that, but it was still quite a loose lifestyle down there, especially in the 80s and 90s. Then had to adjust to, like, corporate life and um living in the city and that kind of thing and you kind of now you've got kids and way well, you might have a bit of a plan for how things are going to go you're kind of a winging it along as you go along sort of thing so you know there's day-to-day things you kind of like you're fucking making it up well i'm making it up sometimes and um it's kind of about that just being human and uh, adjusting to life really it's not like a oh, what well, was me oh my god i'm a white guy my life is being so hard or any other bullshit like that <laughs> um <laughs> it's more about you know this is my journey it's what i've been on And for me, I think the hardest part has been what stories are relatable, like in terms of where I'm doing it for audiences. Like um, when I, my brother came to my show, or both my whole fucking family came to my show and sat in the front row. That's really fucked up, right? It's like they're being supportive, (laughs) but they're kind of being awkwardly putting me off because my mum and dad is divorced. They're sitting next to each other, and I've got a gag about it. And it's like, (laughs) awesome. And my, my oldest brother came. And afterwards, he said to me, oh, man, when you brought up Tipoki, he's like, I was just cringing in much here that you're going to bring up some of the stories of the shit we used to do? And um, I didn't touch on those because it's really hard to, it's hard to make those stories relatable to like a suburban, suburban Auckland audience. Um, like shit like making homemade bombs and you know having crossbows <laughs> at home and shit like that and getting chased by security guards in your two-stroke motorbike and you know, that kind of shit. You know no <laughs> <laughs> one's gonna relax. They're just gonna be like, you're a fucking idiot. Um or well, one time I bit my eyebrows off by making a, a petrol bomb. Um not not to not to be bad or anything, like that, but just you know just experimenting in the backyard. Yeah, it's yeah,
3: yeah. that's fine.
2: <laughs> uh, but people will just look at you like what the hell this guy's a redneck or something so
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it was just the 80s at the time you know it was 80s and 90s and uh, things are pretty loose you know um yeah. as you guys probably had as well when you were growing up but um yeah so it was just trying to i think just get that content together and thinking about relatable stuff and i still got a lot of content coming out but it's really a case of just um honing it and making sure it appeals to wide audience as opposed to that that one guy sitting there with his arms folded drinking his you know monster energy drink with his you oh. know dc shoes on and stuff like that um which <laughs> is quite possible <laughs> to be quite quite frank when i was a bit younger that was me i was that guy in the audience like i would have mm. been wearing my dc shoes my you know energy drink and you know that kind of thing um because I, I was a loose motherfucker when i was back in the day right and um uh yeah so just trying to just rein it in and uh make it, again i keep on saying the are relatable because i guess the aim is to make as much of the audience laugh as possible right as opposed yes. to just one dude
0: <laughs> well i mean we can't be the only ones right that uh, have gone through that kind of experience that's why it's relatable i mean
2: yeah that's
0: fair yeah I, I grew up in a rural area well i didn't i wasn't born there but i unfortunately had to spend my teen years in a rural area of england mm-hmm. and you know very similar stories people riding motorbikes and creating bombs and things like that
2: did you guys have double happies in england like when you had fireworks we used to have these little explosive things called double happies they're little red things that um they're explosive like they're full of gunpowder and that and that you'd blow shit up with it and um they actually outlawed them because people were losing hands and shit like that it was crazy <laughs> no
0: I don't to be honest i think new zealand's always been a bit sketchier with fireworks and things like that possibly mm. having said that when i was in my 20s i remember building the biggest firework possible <laughs> by dismantling God. existing fireworks and putting it all into oh. a much bigger package.
2: Yes, yes, it does work.
0: And then uh, some friends of mine putting it on, not mark me, I was nowhere near when it happened, but some friends of mine putting it under the rear wheel of a police van.
2: Oh, wow. And that's why you're living in New Zealand under Elliot's Setting at
0: light and doing a runner, yeah. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> I was nowhere near, I can assure you.
1: That i have put rockets into of car. Yes, and... that's the other one. Somebody annoyed me once, so I fired fireworks at their house. Um but I knew somebody I used to work with, he actually <laughs> lost four fingers from holding a firework and it went off in his hand.
2: Because he's holding it wrong.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> holding it full stop. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. That's 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 when that's, it goes bang, holding it when it goes bang is generally not the way to go, right? <laughs> yeah, it's <that's>, yeah.
0: <laughs> Did his fingers get <laughs> sewn back on?
1: No. Nope absolutely no they got like oh, destroyed God. they got obliterated so damn did he get bionic yeah. fingers he did not what do you do he for looking living? Go. was he a typist? he was, was fucking great at hitchhiking though but <laughs> um grew to make up for the lack of fingers no yeah, he was the sales manager funnily he was the house so, manager was it like yeah. or um it was the opposite and well i I think he had to learn to become the other hand because obviously he couldn't write or anything. So, shit. I know. Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty big deal when he was a teenager. I think he was fucking around with fireworks and homemade fireworks, and it went off. Now you've said
0: fun. this, Corrin's never going to hold a firework again.
1: Exactly. Well,
2: not not this season.
1: No, that's right. Oh, he's he's going to about it it by next year. He's like, oh, I'm going to have to start putting rockets in the cheeks of my ass now instead of using my hands. <laughs> Oh yeah.
2: Jeez. Well, I knew
0: a guy had no ass cheeks.
2: <laughs> what do you mean?
0: Well, he had his ass <laughs> cheeks blown up because he did that. <laughs> the worst thing is, I thought I'd found a whole um, chicken just laying on the ground, barbecued nearby,
1: yeah. and it was his ass.
0: It was his ass, but I
1: was halfway through it.
2: But <laughs> each from. <time laughs> I found out. that's like this is familiar. What does this taste?
1: They're <laughs> like, oh. Fucking hell, this chicken's taste, gone. Oh, no, I'm eating arse. Fuck. That's a bit tough. Mm. <laughs> Normally I wait till the second day before I do that. <laughs> so was, adultish, um, was Adultish your first hour show or have you done an hour show previously? Uh,
2: it's my first one. My first one. Oh, my yeah. Nice. Mm. So I'm happy. It feels like a milestone. And. Um, It'll probably be another five years before it does another show. I want to get five years with material again. So mm. it's amazing how you get the likes of you know the usual names who are in the fest. They come up with a new hour every year, and um, I've been I'm in awe of that when I see them doing that. Um, and I, I know obviously they do it. they've got you know they're writing they have writing buddies and they will go and test and test and test and shit like that. But yeah. um, I'm still in awe of it. It's a lot of work. A lot of work. To do a new new hour every year or two years, it's crazy. Um, Especially good material. It's like damn. Yeah, exactly. Anyone can
3: do
0: an hour, but anyone can do a shit hour. But when they're good hours, again and
1: again.
2: Yeah, consistent good hours. It's like
1: you actually have to have really good writing people that actually push each other. Right, you need to have people around you that go, "No, we're fucking writing today, and that's it."
3: I think you're right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's, that's cool. I knew you'd performed an hour show before, but I didn't know if you'd done another hour show of your own.
2: Yeah, no. Just you a, did you do OK Boomer or something like that? Oh, that was a coom and um another comedian. Oliver, Oliver Smith? Oh, I forget his name. That was probably his name, yeah. Some guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
0: Oliver, if you're listening to this.
2: We remembered. <laughs> yeah. You
3: know I remember you, Oliver.
2: Oliver Smith. He he, one time said to me, "My watch makes me look like a wanker." Then he saw, told me my shoes make me look like a wanker. So you know what, Oliver? This is my payback. So fuck you, Oliver.
0: <laughs> you see, that was pretty rude. He once, when he was on stage and I was in the audience, he had to go about at me about my Brummy accent. Didn't he? And really? I think he be confused with Darren because I was going to say I've barely even been to Birmingham. <laughs> I've been, been to Birmingham. Uh, why the be, fuck would well, I mean, you go to, to Birmingham? Ever. You know, leave as soon as I possibly can.
1: Why the fuck would you go to Birmingham exactly?
2: Oh uh, <laughs> it was back in the m- mid two thousands. I had to go and visit a Nicky Clark um, salon to install yeah, yeah, something. Know. To install something for their IT system. No, oh, yeah. There's no so other got,
1: reason you'd go.
2: So I got no, no, not 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 the reason no. Um Shut up. all
1: i'm not actually from there so i can say it yeah. so, where so, actually <laughs> are you from you're dudley i'm from Stourbridge in the black country uh, no one knows where I'm, where I'm originally where i'm originally used to be the world's largest crystal glass manufacturing town and
3: really since we yes, by faced
1: by Ireland, used to be the biggest crystal glass manufacturing town
2: what about uh the guys in Prague, don't they make a lot of crystal manufacturing glass
1: as well? What about Sunderland? No, they just make loads of Nissans, don't they?
0: And they make crystal glass. And Water- Waterford is the biggest uh, <clears throat> crystal glass manufacturing hub in Europe now.
1: Now, yeah. <clears throat> the damage is history. Huge. So, What do they do there now? They doing? We talk all things crystal glass. I'm a crystal glass expert, actually. Let's crack some of our knowledge week. out. Next week we'll be talking about crystal meth. <laughs> oh no, crystal meth. That's right. That's what I was thinking <laughs> of. Sorry.
2: There's a movie coming out called Cocaine Beer. Have you like? Yeah, yeah
1: there's loads of people seeing it, and it's great. I, I want to see it. Looks great. Yeah. I want to see it. Okay. I'm getting this thing back on track.
0: <laughs> um, I did give a lot I did get a cap to a line of coke once. Yeah. Like a sm- I'm like I'm not barbaric, it was a small line. Tiny line. You but it wouldn't man. shut up the rest of the night about how great it was.
2: <laughs> Fucking <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> you know what happened to me a wee while ago? I I, I was in the green room and I was sharing the story and it started out the person who was in the green room as well. I was I was the MC for the gig and um uh, <clears throat> this person was on stage, talking about how they went cycling and had a kid. And um backstage is like, Oh, what kind of cycling do you do? And she started talking about that and we started just talking about cycling in general. And then she told me that she ran over a she ran over a pigeon, right? <laughs> and I said <clears throat> and I said, Holy shit, you know what happened to me last week? I was riding out at Woodhill and this fucking magpie went into my front wheel It went like this. And it went up into the like it got it's head stuck went around and up into the fork and then it fell down and ran over the back of the back went underneath the back wheel and i was like this fucking thing was flapping around like it was you know it was fucked up so i had to do what i could do and like i grabbed the big branch and i fucking whacked at the death <laughs> <laughs> like i killed this fucking magpie with my fucking branch it was mountain biking and um she's just like uh i just want to listen to the show now thanks
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, God, it's so that's awkward. gold It was like oh, the no, one no. time that a female has ever made me feel awkward in the green room because someone's <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> I was like, I'm on, not me that's not getting cancelled when I'm in the green no, room. Not again,
1: no. <laughs>
0: So, right, this is the third opportunity so far, I think, in this episode. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> so if you're gonna come on to another opportunity for you now. So of all the places you've performed, what has been your favorite and
2: why? Um my favorite was is it um Fungaday Fringe? Um it would have been 2000 maybe in 2021 when was the last election with labor one um was it 2020 2021? 2020 sorry it's 2020 so the first fucking day fringe i had and i we did a three-hander show which went really well but for me there was a showcase at the very end of the fringe and i was on the lineup of like eight comics and i was put in the asshole spot uh, which is like third deep in the second half second half and had some fucking raw jokers before and after me and stuff like that and i was like oh, for fuck's sake anyway um uh, no offense to my raw friends out there anyway um <laughs> and this sh- like, i ended up doing 10 minutes because you know fuck people and um it went really well honestly it was like one of the best sets i had in my life and it was so good it was really like i was just like so stoked with it um yeah and like i really sat on the jokes and really sat on the laughter and stuff like that I didn't rush it like it just it, it just flowed really well and i was so happy with it and the person after me ate shit so that was all right
1: <laughs> even better <laughs> <laughs> but is a cool place to perform isn't it it's fucking weird yes. but it's a cool place to perform
2: yeah I, I, every gig i've had up there i've really enjoyed it like it's been really good yeah yeah, definitely recommend it. Um, yeah, it's up for it, eh? just up for laughter. Yeah,
1: and and you can get away with a bit of stuff as well. Not that it's, that's too distasteful, but like they're pretty, <laughs> yeah. they're pretty open. They are pretty open. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. They're, they're
1: pretty open. So, with but, that being yeah. your best gig, if one of your favourite gigs, what have you got? Any stories about a worst gig or something that's happened <clears> where <throat> you've just gone, "Oh fuck"?
2: I've had. Um... I've had two gigs. There's two gigs that come to mind. And one of them was the producer doesn't actually do comedy anymore. I won't, I won't say his name. Um, it was right before the 2019 fest, comedy fest. And myself and another guy here were desperate to hone material. So we did this gig. It was like in Albany at the Dark Horse Tavern, which is a TAV sports bar.
0: Mm. Um, I know the Dark Horse. You know the Dark. <laughs> I had a few drinks
3: in there before, yeah.
2: They were like, "Fuck, we'll do the gig," and everyone was sitting outside smoking, and all these dudes were in there with their hivers vests and shit like that. Yeah. And um, suddenly, because it wasn't advertised, it's was gonna be a comedy night, right? So suddenly, the MC, who was the producer, who was not a very good comedian at all, um just like starts doing material, and these people like, "What the fuck?" You know that kind of thing. And then. um there's a there's an Irish dude in the crowd who was fucked. When I say crowd, you know, the people disinterested sitting outside. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was fucked out of his tree. Yeah. Oliver Smith was on before me, and he approached Oliver to grab his microphone, and Oliver kind of just done this weird kind of thing in the microphone, like wasn't very sort of assertive with him. And the guy did sort of eventually fuck off. And then I went on right afterwards, and the same guy started approaching the stage. And I said to him, you're going to sit down, motherfucker, I'm going to fuck you up. (laughs) (laughs) And he sits down. He goes back to his friends. (laughs) 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 Uh, Another gig that I did, uh, well, I didn't actually do, is um, I flew to Palmerston North for a um, festival down there. And um, (laughs) I I it was on a might have been a tuesday maybe it was a wednesday it doesn't really matter but i at the work i was at, at the time was putting on like um lunch and this to do free lunches and i'd cook them and on this day they had chicken and i'd eaten nothing else after that and i was flying into palmy because the show was at nine o'clock right flying into palmy and my stomach does that thing when you know something's wrong you know, something something's gonna come out in a hurry and you're not sure what you're gonna <laughs> you kind of get all hot and sweaty and fucked up. And it's like, oh my god, and so we're flying into Palmy and like the seatbelt signs on, so you can't get up to go to the bathroom, right? So I, I'm like clinching everything to keep myself together and we land and I go to the bathroom and I fucking destroy the bathroom. So <laughs> destroy it. That is wonderful. Like some of the worst like demon possession sort of shit that happened, right? Oh. Oh. And, My mate was waiting for me. And even after I did this, I was like, you know what? I can still do the show. I'm away laughing, right? I've had my evacuation. I'll be sweet. You know, it's all all gone. Fuck it. And then we were in the commuter crowd as well. So it was like maybe 4.35 p.m. So all these commuters from Auckland to Palmy. And my mate was waiting for me at the front. And um, he goes to me, are you all right? You look a bit sick. And I'm not shitting you in front of all these people, this fucking plane load of people. I fucking power chuck and I sound oh. like, Man. I sound like
3: Man.
2: this just power chucking but at the same time I shit my pants
3: oh
2: god <laughs> <laughs> it goes down my leg and shit like that and, oh. I, like, <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> and I go back to the toilet for like another 10 minutes and I destroy the toilet you know, alternating between you know top and bottom kind of thing oh, god. and I still think I can do the show <laughs> <laughs> and my mum used to live down there, so she came to get us. and I was like, Oh, mum you gotta get me some pants because I'm fucking <laughs> <You> know, so... <laughs> up... I'm still
1: so shitting myself, mum Because
2: <laughs> you know what? What I did is I ended up, she, got, she went she fucked off, and she, I don't know where she was going to the warehouse and so got some pants for me. And um, the pants that I destroyed in underwear, I just stuffed them into the hand, into the hand, the handy hand- hand- towel bin. I just <laughs> fucking brought them up and stuffed them into the, <laughs> <to> the <hand. laughs> Imagine the poor <laughs> chicken there. They'll be like, oh, it's in pants. Oh, oh
3: God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll, I'll cut, the Chase. I ended up in a on a trip, and I didn't do the show. Oh,
0: really? What was <laughs> and you know what? Day? That wasn't a chicken at all. That was the arse of some guy who
1: tried to shove a firework. <laughs>
3: I think it was.
1: <laughs> what was it in the end? Was it a really bad case of... Um... Oh, I God, it's... I can't think of the word I'm looking for now. Salmonella, Salmonella was it? It was up there. Okay. It.
2: Yeah, it didn't get to the bottom of it because I called my boss the next day and I said to her, Is anyone else, you know, called in sick from like the chicken? And she's all weird and she's like, No way.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, like I, was, I spent, I had the night, I was on the night on a drip. Um, yeah, just, fluids. And... Yeah, yeah, getting my shit back to, well, getting myself back together. But I, I was in the waiting room, in the waiting room to get, in, you know, as you're you know, in A&E, you have to wait to go in. And my my mum is from down there. Um, he's like a methadone addict or some shit like that. And um, he looks like a heroin addict, right? His face is all like drawn and weird and stuff like that. And he's like, I know where you're in the hospital. I'm going to take you right up there. I'm going to get you what you need. And he walks in, like charges into A&E to talk to the nurses, and he's like, my comedy friend here. He needs drugs. You need to give him some drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, they're shaking their head like oh god here's some drug seeking behavior kind of thing and then I um, ended up sitting in for like half an hour then i went to the bathroom that's like real close to and e and um absolutely destroyed it again like i actually <laughs> made it to it and i left i'm not joking like i left probably like maybe a centimeter of clear liquid across the bottom of that bathroom like <laughs> just oh, everywhere
3: oh, oh, oh.
2: And oh I sound, God. I sounded like a wounded animal in there as well. And I thought I was being discreet. And I come oh, out, mate, <coughs> my
3: mate. Oh,
2: wait a minute! I'm not joking. is silent, right? They're silent <laughs> mate, sit in there. He's like, "Are you all right, bro? And everyone starts fucking cracking up laughing. <laughs> <laughs> then the cleaner comes along. No shit. The cleaner comes along to clean it up, and she goes, "Ah, shit." <laughs> 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 but then i get fast-tracked right because they, they're probably worried that i've got some community like some communicable mm, yeah in my own private room to get looked at so i got fast-tracked so if you're ever in a&e you to get fast-tracked just puke or something you just just, just
1: empty your guts all over the floor
2: <laughs> way to go <laughs> 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 you know, um one of the one of the doctors Fucking one of the doctors knew a comic from Wellington, because he the comic from Wellington knew the guys who were organising it, and I told the guys who were organising it I couldn't do it. And somehow the guy, the comic told the doctor that there's a couple of dudes up there, like they, you know, I've been t- I've been updating them, like oh fuck, I'm really sorry I can't do it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And this doctor comes in like, hey, there's a couple of comedians in here. I hear no laughter though, and they're like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> fuck you,
2: <no. laughs> <laughs> go away, you smart cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. You know, Mum was with us, right? She, lived, she used to live down there and she thought I was dying. She said, like, I've my wife going, oh, you look so sick. And my wife's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <be awesome." laughs>
1: I'm fine. I've just lost about 14 kilos in two hours, but I'm fine.
2: It's, you know what? I actually recommend for, for <laughs> bowel health, uh, just a regular dose of, like, you know, food poisoning. It just clears it all out.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Colonic irrigation naturally done. Well, I've so we, got an episode
0: title anyway.
1: That's right, yeah. Corin <laughs> Healy shits himself.
2: <laughs> I did piss myself on a London tube once. That was, that was exciting. You pissed yourself where? On a London tube.
0: I projectile vomited on the London Tube and sprayed like at least three people that were near me <laughs> while I was in a really smart, like you know, eight hundred dollar suit. Um, no yeah, you're was... not
1: going to be popular.
3: No,
0: the, I got the whole end of the carriage to myself after that.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Moving,
1: uh, moving back to Commodore. Yes, um, enough about
3: the Let's do that.
1: How uh how do you get your inspiration to write and develop content? Because content mm-hmm. development is can be brutal, right, at times. And yeah. um so how do you go about actually, you know, you've got your show that you want to do, how do you go about kind of content creation and
2: um it's weird, like sometimes I'll be driving the car, I'll be at work or in the garden or on the mountain bike, and like a punchline will come to me. And I go, fuck I'm gonna write that down. So I write the punchline down and then I'll reverse engineer the story to go to that punchline and then I'll figure out how to put out additional punchlines into that story. And other st- other times I'll have a premise for a- the ones that go less successfully are when I'll get a premise for a joke, but I'll spend ages like searching for a punchline mm-hmm. and I'll write I'll write the gag and I'll go to an open light night and I'll just fucking chuck it against the wall see if it works or not. And I'll do it a few times to see if it was the audience, because sometimes micro audiences can be a bit. So I tried a few times and if only comedians are laughing, you know, it's a shit joke because they're laughing ironically, like, ha ha, God. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So um, I'll try them. So I'll get my notebook out and I'll just like, just (laughs) honestly, I'll just read them. I'll not read them, but I'll write a couple of key words in the notebook to remind me what the joke was and I'll try it out. Um, But uh, back in the day when I started doing comedy, Every time I did the classic, I would think of a new six-minute set and commit it to memory. And even like every open mic night I did, I would write a six-minute set that was brand new and I'd commit it to memory, and I'd rock up the mic night. And if those jokes didn't work, I'd be going home going, "Oh, they don't like me," you know. (laughs) And uh, then (coughs) I, I just my approach to um, using like the good gags at work as an opener and an ender, like a bookend, and in the middle I'd just like dump from a from a notepad, here's a joke, here's a joke, here's a joke, and I'd like make a point of going, shit, or good, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. and that that seems so far to be the fastest way to figure out if the joke works or not, as opposed to wasting all the time committing a six minute set to to memory for an open mic that may not work, you know what I mean? So yeah. That's How many the...
1: times do you try a joke before you actually dump it or Love it, because you can tell the same joke to three different audiences and get three totally different reactions, right?
2: Um, I'd write three or four times. Yeah, I just, I'll try it three or four times and see how it goes. Um, if it was the same size of audience, then maybe i put it on the back burner to try again later on. Um, so yeah, maybe three or four times, to try it out um, just, to, just to make sure. And it gets exactly the same response every time. It's like, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. It's not happening. There's even, what I'll do is my, with my editing, if I notice that part of the joke gets a bigger laugh than other part of the joke, and it's consistently of what happens, then I'll just be ruthless on it. And I'll be like, well, that if it's got the bigger laugh in the middle and a shit laugh at the end, I'll just cut the end off. And yeah. I'll just leave it. And um, leave it at it, yeah. Yeah, just do that. Um, sometimes I'll actually get maybe two or three jokes and I'll join them together and it just kind of flows like that. And um, just from the editing, like I'll take that part out and muck around that kind of thing. Um, yeah, this is kind of how I do it. So I would get, honestly, just inspiration comes the weirdest time. Um, there was one I had the other day, God, what was it? Somebody was talking about, they were texting me about something. And I just went, oh, that's a, that's a punchline idea, and then reverse engineer. And then, um, so now I've got like another six minutes of shit to test. Um, and this is how it happens for me like, I, I'll i find something funny and I'll explore the punchline. Like, I've got a gag about auto erotic asphyxiation. I said, you guys might have heard it, I'm not sure. And um, that came to me from listening to NXS recently, right? So, I was yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it's like, I bet I was about to.
2: I was like yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> and it's an embarrassing kind of way to be found doing something like that right um I mean you know it's obviously a tragedy and so forth but it's obviously it's embarrassing as well so I was like right so that and where's a really bad situation for me to be doing that and it's like we'll drive in my car so I put those two together <laughs>
0: I've heard that one yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of put those two together and um I'm thinking about adapting it to being on the bus would be the kicker instead of being an uber um but I haven't, I haven't tested it out yet, but yeah. More
0: room is lost, isn't there, if you're going to hang yourself.
2: Well, yeah, pretty much. I think so. Yeah. Okay. You got an audience as well. I'm a performer, right? I need an audience. So. Yeah, that's right. That's... <laughs> I think my, my very first joke I ever wrote, um, was about Jetstar and their shit service. Right. And that's obviously a hack because everyone does Jetstar jokes and stuff like that. So I tried that once or twice and that went okay. Um, but I had to add to it. Um, It was like back in 2012 when i wrote that one so i ended up testing it and i was satisfied that it worked but then i realized that everyone else is doing like jet star drugs and well quite a few anyway so i was like fuck that i'm not Mm going to do that um but yeah that's it and uh, i've read a few since i've been doing comedy i've been reading a few books on you know doing stand-up and stuff like that and they talk about drug structures and that kind of thing so Mm
3: -hmm.
2: i'll do some research on that just to keep sharp around my drug structuring um Mm -hmm. but yeah sometimes even what I'll do as well, there's no one actually, well, coming clean, no one knows this, but, um, if I've got a gig, like a pro-, pro gig, I'll actually spend a couple of hours practicing it, um, word for word, word for word, word for word, yeah. make sure I've got it like nailed. And then as I'm practicing it, sometimes I'll get a tag that comes to me as I'm practicing it and it's like, yeah. oh, and then add that to it. You know what I mean? So yeah, as you guys, yeah. So, um yeah that's kind of my process to go through um yeah. but even if i look relaxed and you know like i'm <clears throat> freestyling it i've actually made like put a massive yeah. effort actually um practicing the words i'm saying
1: i do exactly the same if i've got a show i will absolutely practice beforehand. and you're right little yeah. things can come to you the only thing i find if i over practice you can sometimes come a bit too robotic
4: Oh, it's,
2: it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: yeah that's the one thing yeah, i I find that I have to be careful, with.
2: yeah, there is that balancing act, right, and I find yeah, the, yeah I do find the same thing as well is it like just calling it in kind of thing right, just like yeah yeah mm. so um, have you tried anything different for yourself, like a
0: podcast or um we've talked about you know film you've a film you've got um in
2: the background. In the background. I was doing a podcast with um Header and Ed um, for a while.
0: And, oh, that's um, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're doing that. And um, I ended up getting quite sick. And um, it was hard to get spare time to do it. So last year for me it was like a really <laughs> shitty sickness year. Um, after, I think I don't, wouldn't blame COVID, but just during that year, I got COVID. Then I got a whole bunch of fucking illnesses and chest infections and sinus infections. And, that, and
3: mm-hmm.
2: I sort of had to bow out of it because I was too tired all the time. And um, yeah. I spent a comedy for about maybe three or four months. Just because I was just, I bounced so many gigs in the classic because I was like, oh, I'm sick, I can't do it. And um, yeah, so I bowed out of that and I bowed out of comedy and stuff and then sort of getting back into it now. But yeah, we were doing, um, fuck, what was it called? I um, it's Baboon Yodel. But we used to take the piss out of it all the time and we'd call it Babylon Yoga and shit like that and call it a different name. Stuff like that. But um, no, luckily, um, Renee has been able to like step in to like pick up the slack, so it's not just here and it like it's Renee as well. So, oh like, cool, cool. So, yeah. So that's, and that's quite... still going. Yep. Ah, oh, shit, sure, I think it is? I yeah. mean, let's <laughs> face it. I said, I was I was a, I was a fucking smart behind that whole thing, so it's probably fallen over now. But um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got some of that will take the smile off your face. So you used to be on the comedy guild board. <laughs> <laughs> I hear they've gone down recently in
0: the last couple of years, though. Fuck yeah,
2: yes go,
1: one hundred percent. So, how long were you on the board for, and how did you find that experience?
2: I was on the board for two years, two, maybe two and a half years, thereabouts. Um, I I joined it because. I'd found, and this is not my, you know, my PR fucking bullshit answer. It's, it's like being being truthful. Um, I'd found comedy being quite good for, you know, people taking the time to, you know, talk to you and shit like that, and be quite inclusive and that kind of thing. And I thought it'd be a good way to give back is to go on the board, and um, so okay. I did and I joined the board, and um, I found it quite worthwhile um, at first. Um, I did quite a lot of work. Um, I think I I did a project, I did a couple of projects, but one of them took up about maybe 160 hours of my time and um, was quite satisfying. So it's quite cool to get it over, like kind of over the line. Um, but the part the part I didn't like, <clears throat> there's two parts I didn't like. One was the such and such was mean to me, you know, getting those fucking messages after a gig at like 10 o'clock on a, on a Wednesday. Somebody was mean to me somebody said his words they didn't like, and it's like, I'm not, def- I'm not your dad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you safe? Were you threatened? No, but I didn't like that he called me a cunt. Well, I don't know, some shit like that, right? And yeah. it's like, oh, God. So you kind of end up becoming this default HR team for for comedy, getting all these random messages and shit like that. And um, I think the other part I didn't like is that... Um, any group situation like that, you'll get your workers and then you'll get your non-workers who'll be there for, um, they'll be there for maybe the glory, but not so much to do work. And they might attend meetings and, you know, add in their two cents and shit like that. And there was one to get a board that was fucking awful at doing that. I'm not going to say his name. I mean, their name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did like literally nothing. And I think they saw it as a glory position, and then they didn't help. They were just out for themselves, and that really sort of made me quite jaded towards it. As yeah. um, that person, not just just not doing any any work at all, especially when everyone else was like swamped with work. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of people forget when it comes to the guild is that this volunteer thing. So you got yeah. your day job, then you got all the shit you got to do. The stuff like complaints and somebody doesn't like that chapelle's coming to new zealand so they're gonna complain about it to the board and you've got to go fuck okay um <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll on right now i'm a hotline
3: yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it was kind of and i did find out things about you know some of the complaints that came through you're like oh shit you know like some serious ones came through and Ooh. um that was kind of it took its toll the ones that came through when i was on the board did take their toll on the people on the board at the time, because they were quite contentious and that kind of thing, um, as well as part of the reason why the the women's and non-binary working group was started, because yeah. of the level of seriousness of those accusations that came through. Um, so it was okay. It was a good development that happened, but yeah, those those are the things. I think I'd be I'd love to get involved again if I didn't have to deal with all that bullshit of this girl or guy was mean to me, blah blah blah, blah you know that shit it's like, yeah. oh, man. people are mean all the time. Well, what a- people I think don't
1: realize as well. <clears throat> is com- Comedy is one of the most brutal forms of entertainment, right? People, um, see comedy and go, Oh, you guys must all be just fun guys to hang out with. Or you're always fucking happy. It's like, no, actually, it's quite the opposite. Um, you know, and, um, yeah. It's brutal in the fact, like, you take improv. If you're having a bad show, there's a group of people around and you can step off stage. It can carry on and you can step back in five minutes later. And when well, it's comedy, you're up there on your own. You're living and dying by the material. And if the audience aren't laughing, the audience aren't laughing. It's not their fault. It's not, you know, it's, it, Yeah, it's I think if, if people have got really tough mental health challenges, comedy is a brutal place for someone to go.
2: That's very true. Yeah. <clears throat> I totally agree with that.
1: And in comedy, like any other part of careers, people will do anything they can to get up the ladder. And sometimes that can be at your expense. And if you can't handle that sort of stuff, it's almost like the corporate world in entertainment.
2: It's yeah. gonna be a
1: tough, it's gonna to be a tough life.
2: That's very true. That's very true.
1: Yeah. And sometimes yeah. people get go get 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 a move up that you maybe don't think should get a move up and if you let that eat away at you, it'll destroy you.
2: Exactly, fuck those guys, right?
1: <laughs> fuck those people. <laughs> wow, <laughs>
2: those people. Anyway,
0: so, um, just a reminder <laughs> listeners, tonight me and Corin are interviewing Darren Lees um, on his opinions <laughs> around the comedy scene.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, for me, when it when it comes to comedy for me, I mean, I enjoy it. And I like doing it. And I think a big part of me is I like to progress. I like to keep moving forward. I like, and you know, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? So for me, I like to do that. And in other areas of my life, like I'm highly competitive. Like if I'm mountain biking and I see somebody in front of me going down a hill, I want to pass them. So I'll break my neck going past them and that kind of shit. Cause I used to race BMX and shit like that long time ago. And i got this like, even indoor go-karting, I'm a fucking animal. But when it comes to things like comedy and the things that are more subjective, like even acting, if I see someone who I know is progressing, I'll actually genuinely feel like happy for them. I'll be like, Oh, you know, good for you. That was, you know, you're, you're doing well. But I think for me in comedy, I, I definitely try my hardest not to compare like my trajectory to someone else's because there's so many other factors that come into it right i mean um yeah without saying too much on that one but yeah there's a lot of factors that come into it so for me i'm just happy that i can perform comedy and the progressing for me is quite cool like i like to you know keep moving forward uh, by doing stuff and for me doing a solo show was part of that progression like a milestone like, holy shit, I gotta fucking, you know, that was for me, it was quite cool. So, yeah. um, If I see someone progressing and maybe in the back of my mind, I think, oh, God, like, I just gotta get, get rid of it or else that shit will just eat you up. Um, yeah, it will. Yeah. And it kind of impacts, impacts like the rest of your life and then impacts your performance because you're feeling bitter about them. And then, yeah, it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's just like I, like, I like doing it and I sort of stay in my lane and do my thing. Um, and if I they do come across someone being a cunt to someone else, I'll be like, hey, man, don't do that. Um, that kind of shit. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's why meandering commentary on comedy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess you've already answered the next question then, really, which is what are you looking to achieve in uh, comedy and performance in general?
2: Yeah, 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 probably about for, um that's pretty much it. Maybe do some more solo shows um, in different places. Um, you know, I mean, to be frank, I mean, it would have been fantastic to get into the International Fest, but I know the selection criteria is as such, but you might get a certain amount of this, this, and this, and this, and it doesn't bother me. I get into another Fest, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't bother me at all. So getting Nelson, I missed out on my timing for getting into the Melbourne one because that would have been quite cool. But I think, yeah, just do do some more of the solo shows and that is my, my next goal, really. Just to hone up and, um, yeah, I'm happy to do a fucking pub and in, in I don't care. Um, <laughs> just being able to carry the crowd for an hour and have them entertained is quite cool for me. So.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned Nelson. You got a French show coming up there soon?
2: Yeah, 25th and uh, 26th of March, doing a Fringe show. Um, I've got an opener, you might know. Um, Matthew
1: Oh, Oh, God, really? There's yeah. no one else available. <clears throat> you know,
2: he's cheap, so.
1: Yeah, fair enough. That's true, he is. He's, <laughs> <cheap.
2: laughs> <laughs> he's going to listen to this going, fuck you, man, put my price up. Yeah.
3: he doesn't listen to this. Don't
0: <laughs> worry. He's been on it three times, but I bet he doesn't listen to it. He's
2: been on this three times. So you got Ian Three
1: twice. times. Three times. I thought he'd only been on twice. Coombe's
2: been
0: on it three times. I'm, I'm sure.
1: I thought. I thought twice. He wanted to get on three times, and we just kept not letting him. What are you guys <laughs> talking about? First one was episode two, That was, which with was him, him, and, him and grandma. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then him and Craig talking about yeah. Coombe and friends. Oh, that's
0: oh, fine. Okay. Our notorious mm. Snake Aids on the Plane episode.
1: That's the one. That is the Snake one. Snake Aids on the Plane.
3: Mm.
1: <laughs> cool. So, last question for you. Is there anything else that you want to promote or talk about or any shows that you got coming up anytime soon? Uh,
2: Noticing the one in Nelson. Um, I think between now and then, I'll just be doing like a few of my nights just to test out some material because i've already i've already got my my hour and i'll be focusing on just tweaking that and um i've got six minutes that i'm testing out at fucking ding dong tomorrow uh sorry on tuesday night tuesday. Um, yeah tuesday night so no offense to fucking ding dong but you know ding dong ding, ding, dong's, <laughs> ding dong's ding dong right um <laughs> Don't shit on the gig, Cor. um <laughs> Right,
0: we can cut that out if you like.
2: <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> um, so I'll test, I've got six minutes to test out there and I'll try that and see if there's anything I can in- include. Um, but I'll just be out between now and it's about four weeks away. I'll just be focusing on um, recommitting the the show to memory and um, making sure that the crowd work is fresh and stuff like that as well. Um, yeah. I most enjoy actually. I like crowd work, crowd work's my favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think the audience, if you don't fuck it up, the audience seems to like it too because they think, How did he come up with that so far? It's kind of like an improviser, right? They're like, How did he yeah. come up with that? But uh, yeah, I quite enjoy that.
3: Um,
2: yeah, who's your guys' influences in terms of comedy? I have a question for you. Is it dangerous?
0: Go on, Darren, you go first. <laughs> oh,
1: I, I mean. <laughs> I actually don't watch a lot of comedy, believe it or not. I I try to avoid it to not really get kind of like influenced (laughs) and then accidentally fucking copy something Mm. or something like that. I mean, Uh, I I like people like Jimmy Carr, Ricky Gervais, stuff like that, because I quite like people that are quite willing to push the envelope and... Mm. I walked out of the recent Jimmy Carr show and went, fuck, I wish I could get away with that. But it took years to get away with that, right? You know, yeah. you don't just walk into an open mic night and start saying the shit he says and yeah. getting away with it. So, um, you know, That's those like- are the sort of people I do like, people mm. who are actually quite happy to push the envelope. Yep.
0: Yeah. I think for me, it's probably um, the one-liners like um, Milton Jones oh, and yeah. uh, Gary Delaney. Yep. Uh, Mitch
1: Hedberg. Mm-hmm. Anyone that can do an hour and a half show of one liners, that's a fucking ton of material, isn't it? It's crazy,
2: isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's a lot of one liners. <laughs> I think for me, um there's old school Billy Billy Collie. I love his storytelling. I like how he goes it. off the tangent and yeah. comes back to it. Um might be controversial now, but um, you know, in the movie Delirious, um, mm-hmm. some of the shit he'd say is crazy. Um Anthony just like, I actually actually quite enjoy him <laughs> I know he's a joke there's a guy who's a joke stealer which is Robin Williams um but watching I a, a coked out Robin Williams doing a show on YouTube is just crazy like his energy is like mm-hmm. through the roof it's like whoa like and what he does and stuff like that it's almost like a it feels like an improvised performance when he's doing it because cool. energy is chain um but I, yeah jimmy Carr's good as well i quite i quite enjoy him and how he does push the envelope and the shit he gets away with um yeah yeah i quite, quite like that um you know when i started comedy i had this like grand sort of idea of maybe pushing the envelope but making comedy that makes people think and that quickly went out the window and i was like no, that's gonna make people laugh It's fine. It's fine. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> It's of a course. rare skill to
0: do both, isn't it? And there are those comedians yeah. that m- make you think, but you do have a, quite long gaps between laughs. Yeah, they do. It's yeah. just the reality of it.
2: That's so sometimes
0: it's worth it. Sometimes the payoff is worth it. But
2: yeah, it's, yeah. it's
0: a tough, tough one to pull off, I reckon.
2: It's it can become a TED Talker. And it's like, oh, God, he's, he's harping on about this again. Yeah. We're going for Sorry. ages.
0: We've been we going on for on? ages. So me and Darren have been going for two hours and ten minutes. <laughs> um, <coughs> you've been going for about an hour and a half,
3: which is
0: sh- literally, literally shitloads of material. Um and yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be edited down to probably an hour and thirty five, which is probably uh, <laughs> one of our
3: longer episodes.
2: Um
0: but that's cool. Yeah, definitely. No, excellent. Do appreciate good, you coming on. That's that's good.
3: Time. good. I think we're
1: gonna good get go
3: on this one.
2: We Finally, got there, yeah. I mean, I was waiting waiting for you guys in another Zoom room actually. Um, it must have been a mix up or something, I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a Zoom room called Microsoft Teams. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) have
3: a good night.
4: Thank you for joining us. Appreciate
3: it. Cheers, mate. See you
4: later.